very good to be in the house of the Lord. When we've seen closures and um, pastors and tech teams have to uh, figure out ways throughout these last couple of years, thank you, <laughs> to, um, I feel better already, <laughs> you know, to do the best that they can to get the word out to the people, to keep us united as their people, as God's people. I, I give a big shout out for everyone who's been involved. And this morning, because uh, my sister Julia is involved in the story um, that I'm going to start with, I wanted to give a shout out for her and her church in Niagara Falls, First Baptist Church. Um, they will finally be reopening after almost two years of not being open. March of 2020, when COVID hit us, um, being an elderly congregation, um, the board made the decision several times, had to make the decision when the rest of us were having the privilege of reopening, even though in fewer numbers, they remained closed. And the good news is that October, uh, Thanksgiving, they will be reopening. So I want to give a uh, big shout out to Pastor Julia, my sister, and First Baptist Church, Niagara Falls. It is a privilege to be in the house of the Lord and to stand before his people. But the biggest privilege that I ever have when I'm called to speak and share is the week that I go through searching um, Usually God gives me a scripture, but the searching and, and the hearing God's verse is nothing to be made light about. And so I appreciate the pastor, Pastor Ralph, Pastor Andrew, who's coming on board, Rudy, who's a pro at this. Because it's hard work yet, it is so um, rewarding because I'm going to tell you that I cried through the word that God gave me. I would be sitting there typing and looking at scriptures, and I would be weeping because God's spirit was so strong upon me. And uh, sorry, I don't want to ruin anything here, but something's falling apart. Oh, it's me. (laughs) But um, God is so good, and he loves his word. Nobody loves God's word like God does. He spoke it. He brought it to life, and he brought us to life. And so it is my privilege, again, to stand here. I'm just going to start with some scripture. This is from Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before you have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, 
If I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is a light to you. And so this morning, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have searched me, that you, God, know me from the inside out. Thank you that you know us by name. Thank you that once again you have called us into an intimate relationship that you have provided between us and you. That you are not a God that stands afar off, but that you are with us. You are in us. You have hemmed us in with you. Thank you this morning that there is nowhere that I can go where you do not see me. That there is nowhere that your hand will not guide me. That you are holding us fast. You love us and you are for us. We thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to turn to our main scripture reading this morning, which is Luke 21, verses 1 to 4. It goes like this. As he looked up, Jesus saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I tell you the truth, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. I want to tell you the truth this morning. I don't know whether I've really ever thought, at least to my knowledge, about taking this scripture any further than the obvious about the money. But I've parked on this scripture now for a couple of weeks as God has shown me that he has so much more for us this morning in this word. But I want to start this morning's message with just a little story. How many of you out there have a story to tell? Every one of us, I think, every day, an opportunity to tell a story is presented. Every day, God allows us and puts in front of us events that cause us to hold stories dearly to our hearts. So this morning, I want to share this particular story with you. It happened a few weeks ago on a Sunday evening, a hot Sunday evening, and I was babysitting my little grandbaby girl, Lily, a Sunday night, and my younger sister, Julia, was with me, and I said, hey, why don't we just pick up Lily, buckle her in, and go down to McDonald's for a big ice cream cone. So off we went. Like I said, it was a hot evening. And as we pulled into McDonald's parking lot on Stanley Street, I'm going to tell you the truth. All I could think of was that big 
ice cream cone waiting for me at the counter. I love ice cream, even McDonald's. I parked the car at the far end of the lot, and we went into the building through the designated indoor during, due to COVID restraints. My sister and Lily went and got a booth, and I proceeded to the counter to order our ice cream cones. As I was standing in line, I happened to turn around and I noticed a young woman in the line just behind me, waiting to place her order. I nodded hello and she looked up and then she looked down and resumed playing her game. As we finished our cones, we then, in true COVID fashion, exited out the allocated exit door and proceeded to... um, to walk around the building. As we rounded the building to get back to my car, there sitting on the sidewalk in front of us, leaning against the building, was not only the young woman that I had nodded to, but also an older woman, perhaps in her late 50s, and a young man, probably in his mid-20s. As we neared the three of them, I couldn't help but look into the older woman's face, which looked more like she had lived a hundred years instead of the few that she probably had. I couldn't help but watch this woman as in slow motion with her fingertips, she moved her hand on the pavement below as if writing something to someone. As we got even closer... I could see the vacant look on her face, a look that spoke of a life of hopelessness, of poverty, and obvious drug abuse. Julia and Lily were a few feet in front of me because I had slowed myself down while taking the scene in. And it was then, as I was about to cross in front of these three people, sitting in front of McDonald's on the ground that I probably wouldn't even have noticed had all the doors been operating. That I heard God say to me, stop and tell them that I love them. And so I stopped. I got down close to the ground level with them, looked at each of them and said, God wants you to know how very much he loves you. The girl glanced up from her game and then went back to it. The woman continued to stare vacantly, but this time turning her face toward me. The young man, however, looked directly at me and said, Thank you. I need it so badly to remind myself of that. And I just keep need, I just need to keep reminding myself of that. As I left, I could hear him repeating that very thing to himself. I don't know their story. I don't know if I will ever see them again. But I do know who knows their story. It is the same God who created us and created them who has promised that whether we go up to the heavens or into the depths, God sees us and is willing to extend his right hand to us 
in times of darkness. He cared enough about them to send us along for a silly ice cream cone that evening and let them know that God loves them and that he sees them. This morning, I have titled my message, When Jesus Looked Up. In the many chapters of Luke, Jesus tells many stories known as parables. There are many stories of healings in the book of Luke. There are many confrontations, love those confrontations, between the religious zealots and in the book of Luke. But in the book of Luke, Jesus is presented as very much a man who came to earth as a baby in the flesh, yet we come to know him for he who he truly is, and that is our sovereign God, who came to save us, to die for us, to free us, to show us the ways of the kingdom and how to live accordingly, who healed many people and displayed his sovereignty as he walked on this earth, both as man and as God. When we get to the 21st chapter of Luke, we find Jesus sitting in the temple treasury where free gifts were received. We note the sharp contrast between the scribes who gave out of their wealth opposed to the poor widow who gave two of the tiniest coins in the circulation of the Roman Empire at that time. Two small coins that represented literally everything that she had. As I studied and analyzed these verses, praying that it was, um, what, praying what it was that God wanted me to focus on this morning, I couldn't get away from those six words that start at verse 1 of Luke 21 that said, as he looked up, Jesus saw. I was stuck on the portion of that verse. I was stuck on the fact that God was burrowing this portion of that verse very deeply into my heart. And I was stuck on how could I possibly make those six words into a 25-minute sermon. But, (laughs) But mostly... I was stuck on that truth that said, simply, Jesus saw. What exactly did Jesus see when he looked up in that temple that morning? We know that he saw the obvious. We know that he saw, excuse me. We know that he saw the scribes give out of their abundance. He saw the widow put her two mites into the offering. But I believe this morning that God went so much further and deeper and saw so much more than the obvious in this scripture. He saw into the hearts of those who had given. When Jesus looked up, he knew that very likely the scribes would not miss one cent of what they had given. You see, the scribes had given what they would never miss. They gave out of their surplus. And so it had very little to do with their hearts. 
But I believe that what he saw next was that the poor widow gave everything she owned when she gave those two mites. Her total income was given out of the motive of love, obedience, and honor to the one who deserved it most. For the first time ever, I think God showed me that this scripture is so much about more than the money. It's about our heart. It's about how we live our lives. It's about who and what we notice as we go through our day. It's about what we are willing to give of ourselves to others and to God. I wonder today, what does Jesus see when he looks up? What does Jesus see when he looks into our face and into our hearts? You see, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to get cleaned up because he knew we couldn't do it anyhow. He didn't wait for us to get rich and mature in our gifts and our money and our callings so that we could be super people with super job descriptions in the church. He just wanted us to serve him and to love him. He didn't wait for us to become great orators of his word. He just wanted us to know his word and make sure that his word was tucked safely into our hearts so that we could share his word with others. Jesus is the word, a rhema, the living word of God. Jesus, who came down from heaven in the flesh to walk among us, to look us at us face to face, eye to eye, and dispel the world's theory that even if there were a God, he's out there somewhere perhaps, unattached, inactive, and unapproachable. Jesus wanted to show us that he is here, close to us. The Bible says, closer than a brother, living in us, hemming us in, protecting us, leading us forward, moving us closer and onward toward the Father. When Jesus looks up, what does he see in us? Does he see hearts that are totally committed to him? Hearts that are committed to our church, to our neighbors, to our communities as a result of our commitment to him? Hearts that are willing to go that extra mile, give that extra hour, and make sure that those who are hurting are noticed and fed and clothed and loved. There is a world that needs to hear us, that needs us to not be afraid to stoop down, even as Jesus did, to look into their face and eyes and tell them that God loves them so very, very, very much. It might take all that we have. It might take every ounce of time and energy and courage. But here's what I know, that that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. 
and he can do it. And if he has called me to do it, by the way, that's called the Great Commission, then it only makes sense that I can do it. Isaiah 60, verse 1, says this to us. The Spirit of the Sovereign God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. When Jesus looks up, What does he see? He sees a broken world, a darkened world, waiting for us to invade it with his light. You and me, determined to take his message to those around us, that even the night will shine like the day, because even the darkness is light to him. Remember the story that I started out with this morning, that I bent down as close as I could to the ground to look those three people in the face and tell them how much God loves them. That is exactly what Jesus did for us. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus came down to make sure that he could look us face to face, eyeball to eyeball, and willingly and extraordinarily grant eternal life to whoever would believe. That he could and would proclaim that he was here to set the captive free. Look at us in this room, captive, set free because of Jesus. Because he came down to look us in the eye, talk to us face to face, and proclaim his mercy and goodness. No more for us to be bound by the lies of the enemy. No more for us to be brokenhearted. No more for us to walk unsure into a future full of nothingness. When Jesus looks up, he sees our hearts. He hears our cry. He sees our desolation, destruction, reduction of self-worth and love. And when Jesus looks up, he says, there is a way. I am the way, he said, I am the truth, and if you come to me, I will give you rest and peace and joy and love and a future filled with hope. And when Jesus looks up, he sees us clean and perfect before him because of his blood that was shed on that precious cross of Calvary. His blood purchased our redemption. He paid our debt. We are justified. We're forgiven. We're spiritually healed and spiritually alive. His promise is that though our sins are like scarlet, 
They shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. In closing, I want to quote Max Licato, who in his book, In the Grip of Grace, is that where we're at today? We're in the grip of his grace. But he says this, God does what we cannot do, so we can be what we dare not dream, perfect before God. When Jesus looks up, when Jesus looks into our face, he sees us, and we are perfect. I'm going to close in prayer this morning. I'm going to, as I close in prayer here, to those who are online, if you have a prayer request, um, if you want to comment, if you want to do anything to connect with us, you can email us at prayer at grandvalleychurch.ca and we will pray for you, we promise. But when we close in prayer this morning, I want you to think about this. What is in our hearts today that Jesus sees? Does he see discouragement? Does he see disappointment? Does he see sickness, wondering if I'll ever make it to the next day? Does he see loss of jobs, loss of finances, a friend, a loved one that we're praying for that we just think will never come in or come back to the kingdom of God? Does he see our hearts are full of questions and we're just questioning why we're here or what we're doing here? Or is God really here? Or is he out there somewhere unattainable, unapproachable? God is here this morning and he wants to remember. He wants us to remember that he is here closer as a brother. And when he looks up, he sees us as his children. Perfect. Because of Jesus. And Lord God, so this morning, God, we not only invite those online, Father, but we invite those who are in the room, that if they need prayer, there's a prayer corner to the right of the room, my right. And God, I just thank you that you are here to answer our prayers, that you are here to look us at us face to face, eyeball to eyeball, to tell us that you've got it all covered, that you love us so very much, that you sent your son Jesus to die for us, that we could be reconciled to the Father God. We thank you so much. And as we close this morning, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would go with us. Lord, that you would walk with us, and you would talk with us, and that you would do the unattainable, that we would remember that we are perfect in every way because of Jesus. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.